Welcome to the Digital Workplace Deep Dive. I'm your host, Weston Morris. Now, I noticed this morning that seven of my last 12 podcasts had something to do with experience management. I mean, we've talked about the impact of security policies on remote worker experience. We've talked about the connection between employee experience and customer experience. That's a big topic. And we've had multiple episodes on XLAs, how to actually measure experience. But I think we have skipped over an important topic If you're a business leader and you're considering deploying employee experience management, measuring and monitoring, going to all that effort, you have to be wondering, what is the return on investment? Well, to dig into that, I'm very happy to have as a guest today, Mark Banfield, the CEO of 1E, which you may know is the creator of Tachyon, a platform that monitors the digital experience of about 14 million PCs around the world as we speak. Mark, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Weston. Delighted to be here. Now, Mark, I've got your company's homepage open right in front of me here. And right on the very first page, there's a very simple question staring at me. What is DEX? Now, I know that means digital employee experience, but before we talk about the ROI of DEX, I think it might make some sense for you to kind of lay some foundation. What do we actually mean by digital experience? Well, absolutely. And um, it's a great place to start. So employee experience is not something new. It's not a new trend. It's not a trendy thing people are talking about now. It's always been perhaps the most differentiating thing that any company can do to differentiate themselves in their own market. And why is that? Well, because we know that you know happy employees, motivated employees get better productive work done and ultimately create a better customer experience. You know, happy employees equals happy customers. So it's always been important. And if you look back over time, companies have always tried to find ways to create better experiences, whether it be free lunches in the office or snacks or whatever it may be. It's always been a very pertinent and a high-profile thing for any organization. Digital employee experience isn't new either. It's always been vital, you know, enabling your users to perform their job through the technology you provide them is critical. You know, it's important for users to be able to access the right kind of tools and technology they need to do their job in any kind of line of work. The reason it's now so vital is really because of the global pandemic and the move to hybrid work. And hybrid work is not something that is going away. I think that's pretty well accepted now that that is going to be the way we work for the foreseeable future. Even recently, I saw an article the JP Morgan CEO mentioned that they will reduce office space and actually will only need 60 desks for every 100 employees. So clearly, hybrid work is, even in the largest companies in the world and even in the smallest companies in the world, is a reality that we're facing. And when you move to a hybrid work environment, the stakes are higher when it comes to digital employee experience because there's more complexity, there's more things that can go wrong. That's the first thing. But the other thing is your entire relationship with an employee now and the experience that they get from their job is a purely digital experience. So actually, managing that digital employee experience is critical. You know, so how you engage employees, how you onboard them, how you train them, how they work with other employees, it's all digital. The device that the employee uses has replaced the office. So digital employee experience is about, it's about that. It's about creating the tools, technology, processes that allow organizations to continually improve the digital employee experience. And it's vitally important now because of the hybrid world we live in. 
I have to agree. I think that's a big aha moment that many enterprises came to the realization of coming through the pandemic is that there really is a connection between customer experience, which has a real connection with you know return on dollars, bottom line, and employee experience. And uh, we saw that, especially with frontline workers, you know, where we were all needing to you know, get supplies, toilet paper, sanitizer, panicking when we couldn't do that. We were so dependent upon frontline workers. And then, of course, if anyone needed medical help, which many did during the pandemic, you know, those frontline workers in the in the healthcare space really were struggling as well. And if they had a bad experience because of the technology and the tools that were not working for them, that directly translated to a bad customer experience, uh, or in this case, patient experience. So if everyone is believing this, that there's a strong connection mark between CX or customer experience and EX, employee experience, why is it that there's so many uh, failures in the ability to deploy a great digital employee experience program? I think that the number one reason is all to do with culture. I think that you know, in order to start to improve the digital employee experience and become really centered around how you make improvements there, you have to fundamentally, from an IT perspective, you have to fundamentally shift and change the way you think about the service provision of IT. For the longest time, IT has been fairly inward-looking in so much as it's about SLAs, it's about providing the service and having the lights are all green. So the idea that, you know, my cloud environment is running fine. My network's running fine. My applications, my servers are running fine. The issue is, is that it leads to this concept of the watermelon effect. So on the outside, everything's green, but you cut inside, everything's red and bleeding. Because unfortunately, if you don't look at it from the user's point of view, you don't really know whether you're creating a great experience. You know, so you have to fundamentally change the way you think about how you deliver IT. You have to look at everything from the employer or the user experience is the first thing. The second part of the culture equation is that it's no longer just a silo anymore. You know, the employee experience is everyone's job in an organization. I mean, I think that there's probably not a boardroom of any company anywhere where the C-level group are not sitting there and concerned and interested and, and trying to learn how they improve the digital employee experience. It's a company-wide problem. It's not just an IT problem. So engaging other groups and having HR part of that conversation, the facilities people as part of that conversation, even merging those teams together to create a holistic view of a human-centric approach is actually critical. And I think that's where some organizations that aren't necessarily doing a great job of digital employee experience is probably because they haven't made that leap of becoming user-driven as opposed to SLA service-driven. Well, those are, those are great insights, things to avoid. Can you give me a list of some things that you see uh, enterprises that are successful in actually getting an ROI in a, a digital experience program? Yeah, well, the, I think there's a couple of things that they're doing. The ones who are doing very well are doing. The first thing they're doing is they're focusing on solving issues in real time. So one of the things is what will really create a bad experience for a user is if things go wrong on their device and they just can't get it fixed. Could be problems with an application, could be problems within the device itself, could be something to do with a driver or a VPN or a network connectivity, could be anything, frankly. Being able to identify those, those issues in real time and resolve them immediately at the moment that it matters is critical. And the organizations that are doing very well are the ones who are focusing on that. They are 
realizing that actually it's about remediation. It's about automation and remediation. It's about fixing issues for users. Uh, so I'd say that's the number one thing. What we, organizations that are winning in this area are doing that very well, and they're doing it at scale. Well, thanks for those insights, Mark. I'm just wondering uh, for our listeners, if you have any real world examples that could help us understand that problem about culture, focusing on SLAs and, and making those changes where people have failed to do that. A couple to spring to mind, very large telecommunication provider, very large customer for us, interestingly, runs somewhere in the region of about 10,000 different automations each week. Each time they're running an automation, they are impacting a user's experience. Could be they're clearing the cache on Teams because Teams is crashing. Could be that they are fixing something to do with the driver or a VPN. Could be something to do with a memory problem. It could be anything, really, around the experience on the device. And by running that automation 10,000 times a week, that's 10,000 moments that matter where you're improving the experience for an employee is the first thing. The second thing you're doing, of course, is you're reducing and perhaps eliminating the need for that user to call into IT to resolve the issue. So by having this sort of like autonomous approach, you actually can create a pretty powerful impact to the user's experience. And actually, they may not even know that you've improved the experience. You're doing it without them knowing. So that's one example of how one customer's doing that. Very large pharmaceutical company using the Tachyon platform extensively, more than 100,000 devices and users on that platform. And one of the things they talk about is that it's like having a specialist technician anywhere you want, whenever you want. And actually, one of the things that they're able to do uh, with Tachyon is by creating these automations and fixes that allow you to improve the experience on the device, fix issues when they happen, happen, remediate problems, actually has allowed them to reduce their dependency on their level two technicians, and it's allowed them to start to automate more and more of that. So there's a double benefit there. First off, they're imp- impacting and improving the employee's experience, but they're also then reducing the dependency they have on level two technicians, which, of course, is a reduction in cost. So in both those examples, they fundamentally changed this culture around how they think about user experience. I mean, in the latter example, the pharmaceutical company, they they actually have committed completely to a hybrid working model and called it choice with responsibility. It's like employees have the choice of where they work, and it's their responsibility to say how they're going to get their job done, where they want to get it done, when they want to get it done. And having the Tachyon platform has really enabled that organization to make that a reality. It means that you, know, you can imagine users, they're coming in through different networks, they're coming in from a home network, a different Wi-Fi network, a, in a coffee shop. You know, there's, a, there's a multitude of things that can go wrong at any time. And having the ability to rapidly remediate issues as they arise is really powerful and actually it creates a way better experience for the employee and controls costs for the company. As I hear you describe those two real-world examples, Mark, I think the first one I'm thinking about with the telecom, there's a direct connection with the customer experience. I think we've all had the experience where we called our ISP provider or phone provider and perhaps got the runaround, right? Or they said, oh, I, I can't answer that question right now. The computer's down or I have to transfer you to someone else. And then I got to explain my answer, my question all over again. And that's because their underlying workplace, their workspace tool set isn't running properly. It isn't, it isn't effective. 
and you're preventing that from happening and therefore giving a good experience. Your second example, you're looking at another example of ROI from the cost side of things, just eliminating that expensive level of support by resolving things automatically. I think that those are two key things that we want to understand a little bit better. If you could give us additional examples of how we actually can get ROI by providing a digital experience monitoring and management and then proactively solving problems, I think that would be uh, helpful to us as well. There's four examples of where DEX really pays off. And actually, I would urge anyone listening to download the report that we did with Forrester, where we actually went and analyzed this with real-world customers and got some real statistics and sort of summary statistics on, on what the impact can be. The first is when you do implement DEX properly and you implement something like the Tachyon platform, the first is around fewer disruptions. What we found in the report that we ran is that you have as much as six times fewer disruptions for users than you would do if you didn't implement this kind of um, DEX strategy. So that's the first one. The second is around a better remote working experience. So the customers and the, and the organizations we spoke to talked about a 56% improvement in the remote work experience, as told to them by their employees, their users. The third area is around all around satisfaction. So a 33% improvement or highest employee satisfaction from those organizations that have implemented Tachyon and a DEX strategy. And the last is around retention. So 62% retention rate from employees if you really do implement this DEX vision. And of course, that's we all know about the great resignation and the impact it's having on organizations. And one of the things we talk about a lot is the butterfly effect. I mean, it might not be the thing that makes someone leave a job, the fact that they couldn't use their technology well and they couldn't get their job done because it was, it was cumbersome and, and tricky. But it's sort of like it's a contributing factor. And it could be the, the straw that breaks the camel's back, so to speak. So certainly improving that experience actually does have a really positive impact on your ability to retain employees. And as we know, you know, you give them the right tools and things to do their job. They do great work. They're happy. They're doing productive work. They create a great customer experience as well. Uh, Mark, even before the pandemic, uh, you mentioned speaking with a pharmaceutical in the U.S., and they were talking about the challenge they had with their research scientist, a very specific role. Of course, this was before the pandemic, before it even got crazier, but they said their research scientists are getting phone calls weekly from competitors saying, come work for us. I know people aren't going to move just because their PC isn't working well, but as they brought this up as being a real problem, that it was a contributing factor. And then it just got worse during the pandemic, where now it's not just specific roles, but pretty much any role in the company has this notion of, hey, my remote work experience or now this hybrid work experience is bad. I want to do something different. Do you, do you have right. some additional uh, examples you'd like to share on how ROI is possible with a digital experience? Because I think this is such an interesting topic, Mark. The challenge is if you don't have an automated way to remediate issues, such as the ways that I've been talking about, what happens is you end up in a situation where First off, you end up with a bad experience with the employee, as we've talked about. But more importantly, you end up with a huge cost to your IT service desk. And one organization I spoke to recently, a very large organization in the government area, 200,000 employees, actually saved somewhere in the region of about $70 million 
in the last year on their service desk by call, you know, call avoidance. You know, and they attributed a lot of that savings down to the Tachyon platform because we were able to automate and remediate these issues. And the reality is if you have one user have a problem, like, for example, a problem with a collaboration tool or like a Zoom or Teams or a problem with you know, something else on the device, um, whatever it might be, it's likely that many, many people are experiencing that problem. So one of the powers of Tachyon is that we have a concept called guaranteed state. So what you do is you identify something like, for example, something that could be going wrong, like something that's crashing the application or something, and you create a, a rule that sits in the agent on the device that is a guaranteed state. It continually looks to see whether that's a problem. And if it sees any change in what it's expecting, it remediates immediately. Very, very powerful because the, you know, the speed with which you can then do that for many, many users is critical. And it really allows you to drive down your costs. And ultimately, you know, from an IT perspective, First off, you know, you want to, you really want, but for all the reasons we've talked about, you really want to create a compelling and a wonderful digital employee experience. But you need to also show that you, that you can get the payback. And the payback is that you're able to scale without scaling your internal IT costs continually. And that's really the key takeaway here. A lot, a lot of, um, a lot of digital employee experience projects talk about the important stuff around sentiment and sort of, you know, looking at the data that tells you what's happening to a user's environment. Very few solutions talk about actually remediating the issues in real time. And that's the bit where I think, you know, at 1E, we really have got something highly differentiated and we're seeing tremendous value in the companies that we uh, sell to. I think getting a clear picture here that it's the foundation is, is super important to actually measure the experience. Um, that may require some additional technology. You can't just rely on people, you know, your service desk data, because I think there's a lot of people that suffer in silence and never call or only call when it's, uh, you know, just to, you're, they're ready to explode. So once we're doing this, once we're measuring the experience, and now I may have a score, you know, if we're talking about an XLA, we're saying, okay, your experience score is 6.2. Yay. But what does that mean? What, is, what do I do with that? You know, how do I go beyond just having another dashboard that's giving me a score to actually getting to some real ROI? You know, it comes down to, there's an element of a culture mindset here, of a constant improvement. I mean, I'm a big believer that your great organizations, no matter who they are, have a culture of constant improvement. They're always looking at how do I improve? How do I create a better experience? That's the approach you have to take here. So the score is a good indication of like um, what kind of level of experience you're providing. What you do next is the most important thing is to how do you improve that? Now, if you can monitor and manage the user's experience, the digital employee experience, and if you can analyze the way that they're doing things and collect that data, you can start to look at ways that you can improve that overall employee experience. You know, fixing problems is a critical part of it because actually fixing issues on devices and for users' environments is critical because actually otherwise they can't do their job and your costs go up as we talked about. But starting to take proactive measures to say, start to understand how they're using different services on the device. Yeah, how can you improve that based upon the collection of data you're getting back? That's the key. That's how you look at the score and say, okay, well, if I'm going to take a user from a six to a seven to an eight or whatever it might be, 
I need to do these things, right? I'm noticing that they're using these applications more regularly and that's a challenge for them. And I, can I make recommendations and things like that? It's the analytics that's going to become quite important here. Uh, that kind of comes back to your very first statement about why people fail is they don't take the culture or the organization into account. So it's, right. it's always, you know, technology plus something, right? Technology and, and we have to figure out, you know, how we change how we use it and having an organization place to make use of it. I, I like that. Well, I think to maybe to wrap up here, Mark, if you could give our listeners maybe uh, what do you see is is a logical first step for an enterprise that's just now maybe dipping their toe in the water of of employee experience management? Yeah, absolutely. And maybe the way I'll frame that is to talk about something that we've sort of been pioneering here. So you're probably familiar with Maslow's hierarchy of needs, hierarchy of human needs. It was the psychologist. And of course, he talks about at a very basic level, you need, there's certain basic things you need as humans, as five, food, water, etc. But then you goes all the way through the pyramid or the hierarchy of needs up to like self-actualization and you know things like that. We've kind of taken that framework and created what we've called the DEX hierarchy of needs. And it's split into two areas. The first is around basic needs that you require in order to function. So you start at a basic level, it's connected devices, it's responsive devices, it's secure devices with secure data, it's line of business applications and access to those applications. They're basic things that any employee in, in, in any industry must have the basic requirements in order to do their job. If we look to the sort of top, the top end of the pyramid, and it's kind of a pyramid, you'll see this if you look at our website, and I'll talk to, about that in a minute. The top part of the pyramid is around digital empathy. And that's a term that we're starting to use more and more. Digital empathy is about IT starting to become more empathetic towards their users. So looking at everything from the user point of view, from this human-centric point of view. And when we talk about the, the hierarchy of needs around digital empathy, we talk about modern collaboration tooling, right? providing users with the ability to collaborate. I mean, you know, gone are the days, it seems lately, gone are the days where we see in offices having meetings. Most of our meetings are these days are done through collaboration tools. So having tool tooling that's very good, available, always available is, is critical. The other area when it comes to empathy is all about autonomous remediation. We talked a lot about that today in terms of how do you, in an autonomous fashion, remediate issues at scale. And the last is about user empowerment and creating an environment where users feel empowered and they can do their job to the best of their ability. So, and the digital empathy part of this hierarchy of needs is required for growth. So the first part is all about basic needs. You just need that to be able to function. Where the differentiation is going to come for companies is if they follow this higher end of the hierarchy of needs around digital empathy, where it's required for growth. That's where they're going to get their differentiation. So the first thing I'd recommend for anyone wanting to look at DEX is to almost perform a bit of an assessment in their own businesses. How well do they stack up against those things I just talked about in the hierarchy of needs? And that would be a good way of starting to say, like, you know, are we, do we really have the ability to support our users remotely in a hybrid work environment? The second thing I'd suggest anyone to do is there's an absolute wealth of information on our website. If you go on our website, it's at 1e.com. Uh, you'll find so much information. I would download the Forrester report that I was talking about earlier. It's a very interesting report about the impact of DEX and, what, and how people are thinking through DEX strategies. There's also a number of 
great customer testimonial videos on that on the website. And I always think like, you know, it's great to hear real customers talk about how they've transformed their digital employee experience with the use of 1E. And I think that's a really good place to start as well. Well, I will include a link to that in the show notes. I think there will be a lot of interest, especially in the research you did joint with Forrester. Thanks for those two tips. Mark, going to be honest here, I'm probably going to steal your uh, use of the DEX hierarchy of needs. I like that as a way or as a model of, of assessing where an enterprise is. And coming out of that, you can you can see, well, here's where I need to start. And here's where I'm going to probably see my first return on investment. So uh, right. I, I uh, yeah. just give you a fair warning on that. <laughs> That's all right. Yeah. Well, Seriously, that. though, th- yeah. thank you so much for your time and expertise today, Mark. It's been great chatting with you. Thank you very, very much. It was a delight to be here. You've been listening to Mark Banfield, the CEO of 1E, as he shares some of the lessons learned and, and best practices that his company has developed as they work with customers around the world to measure and improve employee experience. This is the Digital Workplace Deep Dive. I'm your host, Weston Morris. 